Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell, and we also have Aaron Wall on with us this evening. What's going on, y'all? You know, it's Halloween weekend. Very excited. It's football to look forward to, and then various Halloween costumes to see. I don't know if that's on the agenda for both of y'all this weekend. It is not on my agenda. My agenda will consist of handing out candy while eating some for every some I give out. That's my job on Halloween. Good plan. We'll we'll take the kids out. We'll take the kids out trick-or-treating. And yeah, uh, Elisa and I are also going to a Halloween party. The first one that we've gone to in like six or seven years probably. Um, so that'll be cool. Nice party that starts pretty early and probably won't be out that late because we're old and washed. But um, it's nice to be invited to do things. So looking forward to it. Um, what it are is you dressing up season. as? Uh, I'm going as uh, keeping in our uh, theme because we're doing movies. Uh, we're still in the movie portion of our podcast. I'm going as, uh, have you seen New Jack City before? The movie New Jack City? I'm going as uh, Nino Brown from New Jack City, uh, Wesley Snipes' character. Look him up. Uh, it'll be, it's pretty, pretty fun. I'm looking forward to it. So I actually, we had an event last night, um, with our students. We had a Halloween party and I, I did, I did, you know, last night. So I got to just, I got to keep it going. Got to keep it going for, uh, for tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you have any all time favorite Halloween costumes that you've done either y'all? I, uh, a few years ago was, uh, champ kind from anchorman i bought a cheap cowboy hat and a two dollar suit from a, a goodwill <laughs> so made that made that work and just yelled whammy all night <laughs> nice uh i dressed up as dobby the house elf one year and like it was the first year i moved to austin so it was the first halloween where i could like wear not a jacket and pants under a costume or over a costume after living in Colorado and Wyoming where it's cold at Halloween time. So, yeah, you know, in this, no, go ahead. uh, I was like, that was just definitely one of the ones I'm like, I've like made it and was like, this will work. Yes. It can be hit or miss when you're in a cold state for, Halloween as far as like if you got to bundle up or if you can actually just kind of let it ride and, and not have to be conscious of the of the temperature but um that's good I like Dobby Dobby's a good one champ like we it's cool as though we had we're all talking about the movie themed costumes so I wonder if the movie that we're doing tonight I'm sure people have have, have done the the costumes of these characters we're doing the breakfast club uh iconic film you know, iconic 80s film, 1985, John Hughes film um, starring Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy. Um, it is a film about uh, a day spent in a detention in a Chicago suburb high school. And these people who come from different walks of life, sort of, um, you know, the different cliques, the different social um, social circles in high school are kind of in this contained, it's like a long bottle episode, except it's a, except it's a movie. And they build relationships with each other. They kind of deconstruct what high school is. 
together. Um, it's a movie I saw at a really young age, but I wanted to get Aaron. I wanted to get your um, thoughts on this movie first, since you're the not to be, not to call you out, but you're the oldest of the, Ask the, old of the three of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this movie came out before um, em- Emily and I were both born. So, um, but I, I'm Emily. Had you seen the movie before? We. I'm assuming you've seen the movie before we decided yeah, to. Yeah, I had seen it and. Now's the time for honesty. It's definitely not a movie that there was like a summer where I was like, I'm going to watch all these movies from the eighties. I don't love many movies with Molly Ringwald in it. Even it's like not her. It's just, she's always so whiny. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Aaron, what is, what do you, what's your history with this movie? Uh, you know, I really don't have a, a, a really deep history with this movie. Um, I've seen it, you know, a handful of times probably over the years. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't one of those movies where I was like, man, this is a really great movie, even though a lot of people my age love this movie, my wife included. She couldn't be more excited that we're doing this episode. Matter of fact, my wife basically did all my work for me for this episode. <laughs> I mean, I watched the movie again and she's like, oh, this should be this person. So we'll get into that. But uh, she absolutely loves it but that's the gener that our generation that's kind of how it went you know the i think if you you know took a poll most of the guys would feel like yeah it's an all right movie you know it's, it's fine and then there'd be a huge sum of uh the ladies that absolutely love this movie well i think it's interesting that this is the movie that we did right after mean girls because mean girls is certainly a movie that's in the lineage of this one um mean girls wouldn't exist without this movie um, most high school movies wouldn't. Um, and my history with it, I saw it when I was really young. And I remember um, being at my like aunt's house way back in the day, had to have been in elementary school. And it was a movie that was on cable a lot. And I remember watching it like on TBS or TNT or something. They had this thing where it was like the new classics, right? And this was one of their new classics. And that would have been, you know, in the mid to late nineties, whatever I was watching it. But, you know, at the time it was like a 10 year old movie or whatever. Um, but in terms of, um, the social commentary and like the, we, again, this is something we talked about a little bit when we, when we talked about mean girls, but just like the, the social dynamics of high school. And, um, it's a really interesting time in a person's life. And so this movie, I think kind of tries to capture that and capture in a really incisive way, the way that um, individuals kind of navigate that time in their lives in terms of trying to be a part of a crowd, not even necessarily the popular crowd, right? There's a commentary on like the popular crowd in this movie, but like each person is in their own lane. And um, the movie has a lot to say about that and what happens when people from different lanes are kind of like thrust into a situation together and, 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 and see what happens. And then also talking about what happens, you know, on their family lives and things like that. So, um, I guess was, if, if you all rewatched this movie recently, was there anything that like knew that jumped out to you or, um, I guess, what are your general thoughts, um, on the movie as a, as a piece of like social criticism or whatever? I, I didn't really, nothing new that jumped out, but uh, I did see a lot of the parallels having gone back and watched it and then watched had watched Mean Girls in 
a very similar time frame in that, you know, in that movie, Mean Girls, sorry, that movie, Mean Girls, uh, you know, it, it, it tells you everybody's got a problem or everybody's story is different. And this, this very much is that too, you know, everybody's got their own issue, no matter how perfect their life may seem. Um, I think both movies really hit on, on that point quite a bit. And I, you know, it just helped to line those things up. And it, like you said, you know, this film kind of begat, you know, other high school movies, you know, to a certain extent, and they follow some of the same plot points. Yeah, definitely. While I don't love the movie itself, and like, I, I see like the importance of it in the grand scheme of high school movies. Um, and that like, things really haven't changed. And it's kind of like when we talked about trading places where it's like things haven't like really changed. Kids are still trying to find themselves in high school and they're still behaving in certain ways. And they're still like a popular kid and there's weird kids that are like, you know, weird quote unquote kids. But like, um, even as progressive as we're getting, there's still those clicks. That's still a thing. And like it all, all of it, kind of holds up you can change the language a little bit between movies um like mean girls and like breakfast club like there are things that you would have to kind of change but it would still be relatable to whoever's watching it i think uh, another interesting part about this exercise that we're doing is is the the ability to kind of like excuse me Updated in the sense of, you know, it's a it's the it's an all white cast, right? Um, very 80s in that sense. But I think that when you um for the casting that we're gonna do tonight, I think that you can kind of maybe um add some different subtext to it, right? When we're when you make the cast people have different identities, um and 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 different maybe if you if we put it at a different location that type of thing um i think that that could add some some newness to it even though like foundationally like like emily like you're saying like a lot of this stuff is still the same people are still trying to find themselves like you said people are just trying to like um one of the threads i think that connects this to mean girls is this idea of people just trying to like survive this time there's a lot of just like high school as this place where survival is needed you're not even trying to you know there are people jockeying for position in different ways in terms of popularity or or clout or whatever but the majority of kids are just trying to survive and um i'm I'm anxious to hear our our casting for this because i um um, i think that i'm kind of surprised they haven't updated this honestly this is a movie that i think is like kind of ripe for reinterpretation so maybe if some Hollywood executives are listening to this episode, they'll be able to get some some ideas sparked. Um, small cast for this one. There's only I think we're only going to do about seven different characters or whatever. Um, so let's get right into it. I I started the list with um, with the John Bender character, who was originated by Judd Nelson. Um, John Bender, kind of the the roughneck, rough home life. He is like the, I don't even know how you would describe him as a, as a high school kid, like the, definitely an outsider, but just like the kind of wrong side of the tracks kid, I guess. So um, 
a kind of semi-bully-ish type too, certainly bullying towards the Claire character. Um, Emily, who did you pick for for John Bender? Um, I picked Diego Tinoco. Um, he is in On My Block. And while the most recent season is very campy, um, I feel like he could probably do this. This would be a good way to get away from that. Um, he just like looks he is young like everyone on that show is young but like he looks young but like also has like a face that like looks very pissed off very well so i felt like yeah he could do this he would do this role well and like have that angst while still like not looking too old because i feel like there are plenty of actors when like they're carrying like the the weight they also like don't look like they're in high school it's like ah you can be in high school and like look young and still like have some like have lived life um so I feel like he could like pull that off was it difficult for you again like trying to find like younger actors for this because this is kind of this is back-to-back high school movie so was it was it another challenge for you in that regard um no and for this one it was a lot easier than Mean Girls um and I don't know why maybe because I'm like oh I just love Mean Girls who would I want if we were to redo this and how do we make it like more diverse um for this I like kind of had like an idea in my head it was very easy when I like thought about the different characters and maybe because there's fewer characters right so it's just like okay I know I want this person I know that this person's young and I like that's where it like worked out. Okay. Where a lot of the things I watch on Netflix, pretty much everyone comes from something I've watched on Netflix. Um, and, and so it was a lot easier to put people into those, these different, um, roles. So this wasn't an actor that I was familiar with. I had to look him up and like, now that I've seen him, I've, I've noticed, I, I know I've seen him in different things, but I don't really have a, um, a relationship to this character, to this actor. Um, but I like what you say about, cause the guy has to have some kind of an edge to him. You know what I mean? And, and some kind of, you know, the tough exterior that needs to be kind of like penetrated. And I think that I, just from the look of this guy, I think that um, he would be a good pick. Um, I went with Ty Simpkins, probably best known. I mean, best known to me, at least from, from Iron Man three um, as Harley, the the little kid. And then he, He's also an in-game in the in the spoiler alert um, uh, Tony Stark funeral scene, um, but I kind of I don't know I, my strategy I kind of went with you know I wanted like younger actors obviously but also kind of tried to somewhat in some situations like get people who kind of looked like them who kind of looked like the original actors and Ty Simpkins kind of like kind of looks a little bit like um, Judd Nelson did back then. Um, but I liked his performances Harley when he was a kid. And I think that he could, he could bring that like edge, but also there's some humor there to him as well. Um, Cause Judd Nelson kind of has this, like he's bullying, but there's also like kind of like the black humor about it. And I think that Ty Simpkins could do that well. So I picked him. Um, Aaron, who did you go with? Um, so this was hard for me, by the way. And, and I'm glad that my wife helped me a lot on this because I ran out of young people that I knew a long time ago in the other movies. So um, my wife thought it would be interesting to that that you could 
play with this character a little bit and actually go female with it. Um, and she thought back to somebody that I used in the other movie, but she thought Bella Thorne could do this role. Um, or the, uh, if you wanted to stay more traditional, uh, she went with uh, Finn Wolfhard. It could give you a little bit of that same look, um, but obviously very young, talented. Um, you know, if you've watched Stranger Things, he's going to be, what, 100 by the time that series is over with the way things are going. But, uh, you know, a good young actor. So do you have a specific pick between those two? Who would you go? Would you go with oh, Bella? Or would you you go know, with I think I would change it. I think just to modernize the movie a little bit, I'd probably sure. go Bella. Because um, I think that's, it'd, be, it'd just be interesting to change some of those tropes, you know, because everything that's in the movie is, to some extent at this point, cliche or a trope or whatever, right? Because we're, here we are 30, whatever years later. But, uh, you know, so to change it up a little bit and give it a new new feel i think you could could definitely do that with some of the characters i like that pick emily you look like you like that pick too um i like that because i felt the same way about how like you could really put anyone to any of the characters and it wouldn't matter like the gender and like that'd be an opportunity to talk about like lgbtq issues even like you get kind of work that in there along with like switching up you know gender roles and um just all of it. I agree. That's all, all that to say, I agree with that pick. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. So let's, I'll, I'll stay with you then, Aaron, for the, um, for the Claire character. Did you, did you also gender swap that character? You know, it didn't. Um, so, uh, this one, um, looked at, uh, Kiernan Shipka. Um, somebody I'm not super familiar with, but um, is Sabrina right now on Netflix. Um, you know, so that's somebody who kind of fits that similar role, right? Could play that similar style of character. Um, and then uh, the other option uh, was Paris Brellick. I think that's how you say her last name. Um, she was in, uh, what, Alexa and Katie or something on was that, uh, was that a Disney show or Netflix show or something, you know, kids show? Um, it was like kind of newer from that, from my daughter watching it. So I knew, at least know the faces and who these people are. But uh, um, I think I would go ultimately with Paris for this. Um, but, uh, you know, toss up either way. But There's, This is where the gap comes in. Because like my kids aren't old enough to like, watch Disney channel like that and know those people. And obviously like I've aged out of Disney channel a long time ago. Um, so a lot of these, but this, so this is, I, I kind of picked someone similar though, in the sense that like I, my thinking for this character. So this is the Molly Ringwald character. And when I think of Molly Ringwald in the breakfast club, like I think of like Molly Ringwald, you think of breakfast club, pretty in pink. Um, what's the other joint? 16 candles. Um, like those were like the big ones from back then. And like, she was like the person, she was the poster child. She was the it person, um, for this time. And she, she read, I don't know if either, if either of you read this, she wrote, uh, a piece, like an essay last year about her time doing those movies and her, um, relationship with John Hughes, which was fraught to say the least. Um, but kind of reckoning with, 
that time in her life. And so I say all that to say that for this character, for this choice, my choice was I'm trying to like pick someone who's like young and but who's like kind of ca- trying to capture that zeitgeist a little bit also. So I went with um, Rachel Zegler, who is going to be Maria in the West Side Story update, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story update. She was also, I think she's been a, a YouTuber person. I think that that's how she got like famous. Um, and she's just, she was also in, um, I think she was like in Snow White or something like that. I should have done a little bit more, uh, a little bit more research into that. But I know that she, so she's like 20 years old and uh, she is like, I think the person who was about to be like, the young actress who's like kind of next. And um, so I went with, with Rachel Zegler for, for the Claire role in this movie. Um, Emily, who did you go with? I should have looked at Disney channel. I forget that Disney channel has like young people and that like, that's where a lot of young people, young actors start, young actors and actresses. I should have thought of to do that. Instead I was like, what have I watched on Netflix recently? So I have watched Never Have I Ever recently, and I'm probably going to botch her name, but Maitre Ramakrishnan, um, she plays the lead on that show. And so only because of the character she plays on that show do I think that she would do this well. But um, I was like, oh, this is a good way to like bring in, one, diversity, but two, like, well, yeah, bring in diversity and put someone that people would not necessarily be like, oh yes, a Southeast Asian person is like the person, right? Like that's not typically what we think. And yet there are so many women who are Southeast Asian and like just beautiful and very desirable and also can fall into this of like the princess or, you know, just kind of being that, that person who's just really like popular and, um, I I wanted to kind of change it up there and just because it is possible for that to be right now because that could happen. I was like, yeah, let's take that opportunity to like bring in people of color in those like, you know, like popular person roles. Agreed. That's the reason why I picked Rachel Zegler as well. I wanted to get like one of the main, I mean, obviously they're all like, they're the five main characters or whatever, but like Claire's a pretty pivotal character. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you wanted to get a little bit of, um, of diversity in there and, and kind of update it. Yeah. Y'all super stumped me on that. I didn't know either one of those without looking. <laughs> so Rachel, yeah, I don't think I've actually seen anything that Rachel Zegler has been in, but I know that she's, so she's playing Maria, um, in, in West Side Story. So I just, you know, it's a Spielberg movie. It's an update of a classic movie. I love West Side Story. My my sister and I used to watch that all the time. We had it on tape back in the day. We like tape. You remember we used to tape things off of TV? Like we used to like we taped that one off of um I think like TNT or something like that. And we used to watch that all the time. Um so that's a big movie. Honestly, I don't it's a movie that I'm not sure needs to be remade, but you know, that's this the times we're living in. And if they're gonna do it, <clears throat> excuse me, at least Steven Spielberg is directing it. So Let's go to um, Andrew Clark, the jock character originated by Emilio Estevez. I guess I'll go first with this one. So for this one, 
I'm trying to, you know, this person has to be like athletic and like charming, but also kind of like unsure of themselves too. Like, you know, the Emilio Estevez character, like he has a, the physicality to him, right? He has the tank top on the whole time and he's got the letterman's jacket. And he also, um, in that pivotal scene where they're all going around the cameras, painting around them, telling their home life stories, he's talking about his dad. So you need somebody who kind of has that, who can reach that like emotional pitch. All that has to be um, really even with each other. So I actually went with, um, staying on the Stranger Things tip, I went with Caleb McLaughlin um, from Stranger Things. Um, Another young and up and coming actor who isn't, I mean, you know, I don't know when that show started, but by now he's like 20, I guess. So he's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got the acting chops. He's charismatic. He can be, he can bring the physicality and also the emotion to it. So I went with Caleb McLaughlin for, for that character. Um, Emily, who did you go with? This is where I picked someone of the opposite gender. And I was like, all right, the athlete, like having an athlete, having a jock, that could be a man or a woman. If it was, you know, 15 years ago, Blake Lively would have been the pick, but it is not 15 years ago. Now she is an adult with children. So I went with Camila Mendez, who is on Riverdale. Um on Riverdale, she's a cheerleader. She plays Veronica. Um, again, it was one pulling diversity and two someone who looks like they like could be an athlete. Like they look like they could play a sport. Um, and so I went with her. I like what she's in, and she is like in her twenties, but she has a baby face. If she did not, she would be too old. I had to look her up. She is 27. Okay, so she, yeah, so, so she's, she's closer to my age. And she's I'm just pushing like, the end of being able to be in this movie. <laughs> yes. As far as age goes. Well, it's funny because I think that, I think Judd Nelson, too, when he did the movie, he was probably like 25 or something like that. Yeah, I think that, he too. was a bit older, too, yeah. He yeah. didn't look young. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did not look like a high school. None of them no. looked like high school kids, to keep it real, except for, I guess, Anthony Michael Hall who had to have been the youngest, but like, yeah, the other ones I'm like, you're not like, stop it. Like you're 16. Come on, stop it. That's a great pick though. That is a great pick. Um, Definitely like looks athletic and um, I'm kind of familiar with her, but not a lot. Like a lot of the young people that were talking about guy, that was like the oldest shit I've ever said. A lot of like the young actors and actresses that we're talking about. um, I'm not as familiar with, but I, I'm, I, it's one of those things where I'm like flipping channels or something, flipping through the Roku or flipping through Netflix and kind of see the familiar faces and stuff like that. But uh, that is a good pick. Aaron, who did you go with? Uh, so Emery Kelly is uh, one option. Singer, songwriter, some acting was on X factor kind of where he sort of came from. Um, but ultimately went with uh ross lynch he was on uh was it austin and alley or is that right uh on disney he's in a rock band um you know now has some physicality you know is in good shape and can perform i think is a guy that can can pull this off and uh play that 
that role. So that's your pick, the the Ross. Yeah, the Ross Lynch. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, another person I'm not familiar with, so I'm looking him up. Six feet tall, you know, six foot blonde hair, you know, the all all American stereotypical athlete kind of looking dude, you know, and and has been acting for a long time, you know, because he was on that show. He's just on the older side, so at twenty five, you know, a little bit of that maturity but yeah he'd be all right you sneak him in there still i mean some of these high school kids look like they drove the bus to the way games and stuff anymore these days so, <laughs> you know. well you do need the all-american type for that for that role too um i think that that character is itself is like a kind of a critique for for that because you know he's in the detention for like bullying and like you know uh, bullying a nerd or whatever and he's like the wrestler and then but there's also like the stuff going on at home so it's like gotta search for the deeper meaning i like it let's go to the brian johnson pick the nerd pick originated by anthony michael hall pretty iconic role really um in detention because he had the the flare gun in the school um this is a, this is a deep one um emily who did you go with so I went with Jarrell Drome because he's a great actor. And I was like, yeah, like we could bring in people who were only in very serious things. Um, I thought this would be a fun, this would be fun for him. So for folks who don't know, he was in um, When They See Us, which is just like, if you want to be bummed out, watch it. Um it's very well done. He's very good at it. He's also in Moonlight. Um, he's like one of those young actors that you're like, uh, you're going to be in so many things for like the rest of your life and you're just going to do so well. I hope that like you do not fly too close to the sun because I want to see you succeed. Um, yeah. And be, it was more of a pick. Like the first thought I had was like, well, this should be someone who's black <laughs> because there are just like not enough in like the in the culture you just don't see enough like black nerds that are just like also kind of cool like you have like urkel and that's fine but like you you want to like change it up you just uh so that was the first that was the starting point and i was like okay who's a young black man that like could do this um so i just like it was just very important to me for that from like how people perceive young black men it's like oh you can get in trouble for something very silly but like still be going places and not it doesn't have to be just this like super heavy oh thing that was bad that happened so all of that to say that's why i picked it i like that pick and i i like your your reasoning for that like let us let us be let us thrive in those types of roles, you know, where yeah. it's not just like black, black pain on black pain all the time. And this is a character that has like, this is a character that certainly has pain, but it's like, it's not associated with him. Um, obviously it's his race since he's white, but like, um, I think that that, that would be a, an interesting like change to that character. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. I went with, um, so for this character, I, I just wanted someone who could kind of like project nerdiness but also like the the emotion too and could really like take a take an emotional scene and like give a good like 
monologue about it, like the back and forth between him and Claire too. Like that part is really good. Um, I went with Jaden Martell, who I know from from Knives Out, um, one of the uh, the younger characters in Knives Out, who's like the he's on Twitter all the time and is like um, the low key like young Republican kid. Um, he's he's really good in Knives Out. It's not a big part, but he's like he's good in that movie. And I kind of just see him in this role, so that's who. I went with. I don't even know what else he's in, but I know he was in Knives Out, and I liked him in Knives Out. Um, Aaron, who did you go with? So this is funny um, because I originally thought I had this figured out because I had watched a show on Netflix, um, and I thought that guy nerdy could pull this off. Looks young. I wasn't sure how old he was. Um, and have you ever seen the TV or the show on Netflix? I don't know if it's technically the it crowd or it crowd. It's a British sitcom. Um, so it's Richard. I'm not sure. Iode. I'm not sure how he pronounces his last name exactly. Um, but I was like, he would be great in this role. Right. Um, and then I Googled him to figure it out and realized that he's like 40. Because the show was like 10 years ago and I was watching it on Netflix and I was like, oh, hey, that's not going to work. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But I was like, that would have been, he would have been perfect, um, except for he's, you know, 44 now. I was like, oh, if he's late 20s, he still looked young, but no. Uh, So I had to regroup on that, obviously. And uh, so Nolan Gould, um, that's from, Modern Family, uh, if you're familiar. Uh, although he has maybe a little less nerdy now currently than he was before. I think he's filled out a little bit, matured a little bit. It might not be quite right anymore. Um, so then there's uh, Sean Giambroni. I assume it's a hard E at the end. Um, but uh, he's currently voicing a character in Solar Opposites on Hulu, if you've watched that at all. Um you know, so he was in, I think, Kim Possible on Disney. You know, you got to get familiar with your Disney, Emily, uh, <laughs> to find young people. So ultimately, you know, there was a remake of Kim Possible. I really yeah. do need to get with it. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. If you get Disney Plus. Yeah. So ultimately, I think Sean currently fills the role. Nolan would have been great, you know, five or ten years ago, maybe. But um I think I think Sean's ultimately of those two the one that that fits best right now. Yeah, that's news to me as well that they did a live action version of Kim Possible. That's wild. I did not know that. I'm looking at his pictures though. I'm looking at him on. Um, I'm googling them, and I like it. I like the pick. I think he's definitely he projects like young. He's got the young face. It looks like he's 22. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's 22. He was in the Goldbergs, if you ever watched that, you know. So he's he's definitely been in some stuff. Um, yeah. And, and has played a bit nerdy. I think on the Goldbergs, his character is a bit of a an idiot to some extent, um, nerdiness. So, um, you know, I think he could, could pull it off for sure. Yeah, he's got that, like, boyish face, boyish quality to him that I think that that role needs. So that's a good one. Let's round out the student portion um, of the cast with Allison Reynolds originated by Ali Sheedy, um, the outcast, the, you know, the basket case, I think is what it says in the movie. 
Um, the loner comes in, she's got, you know, she's making snow with the, with the dandruff in her hair and stuff. And like, I knew, I knew a lot of these types of, uh, of people in, in high school. So this is a, this is a, the outcast outsider person, I think is a, is a very like deep role. So, um, I'll start, I went with Lana Condor for this one. Um, I think that she could play like outsider. Well, um, she certainly, you know, speaking of the lineage of high school movies, right. She's got like a big one, uh, with, uh, for all, to all the boys I loved before, uh, franchise. I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the, the, I think there's two after that. So there's, yeah. So there's, there's three total. I've only seen the first one, but she's great in the first one and kind of is like an outsider, um, in some ways in that, in that first movie. But like this one, she could really like dig into that. She's also, a little bit older in real life. I saw her first in, in X-Men, I think, um, as Jubilee. But I think that she would be, I, I think that she could, would really nail that role. So with uh, Lana Condor. Um, Emily, who did you go with? So this is where I was like, oh, I immediately knew I wanted Zendaya. <laughs> um, I, it's like kind of, I don't know an odd pick, but I was like, yeah, no, this would be her where she's just kind of like doing her own thing, vibing, being weird. And I would like that because it's not like anyone would be like, Oh, I'm rooting against this character. She would make it a character that you're like, yeah, I like this character, but she's weird. I think that really, I mean, she's known now for, she's got the two franchises um, or for, I, you know, she's in Euphoria. She's leading that show. She's amazing in that show. But I would say honestly, like her in the Spider-Man movies, her character is really like a riff on the Allison character from Breakfast Club. Like she's kind of doing like a direct homage to that already. So I think that her like sliding into the role would be like a perfect fit. Like her, her MJ from the Spider-Man films is like, even she's got like the scraggly hair. She's got like the, um, the sarcastic remarks. Like, I think that this is, it would be a, a perfect role for her. So I, I like that pick a lot. Aaron, what do you think? I agree. That was one of the people that, that we picked as well. Um, uh, and ultimately because I wanted to put her in all the movies we we're going to talk about, that's probably who I would have selected. Uh, but just to be contrarian right now, then we'll switch it up. Uh, the other option we had was Catherine uh, Newton. Um, she is, let me make sure I get this right. Yeah, big. she was in Big Little Lies. Um, this is currently in The Society, I think, on Netflix. Um, she's a British actor, but uh, she could she could pull that off. I've, I've seen her in, in one of those things, and... Um, she just can be a little bit different and that's what the role would require that little bit of off kilterness. Um, and so that would be, that was our other option for that. But ultimately I do think Zendaya in this role would be pretty incredible. I have not seen big little lies. I've heard a lot of good things about it, but, um, it's one of those shows that's like on my list of things to watch. I'm looking, I think I've seen her in some other stuff too. So um, that is a good pick, the Catherine Newton pick. That's a good one. Let's go, <laughs> excuse me. Let's go to 
the last couple last couple slots here. We got the we got the staff right. So let's go with Vice Principal Richard Vernon. Originally Paul Gleason, we already shouted out in Trading Places. He is the uh, principal in this movie who is just like you know an asshole. You need a guy who is just like he clashes with the students, especially Bender. Um, you know he's really just like you need someone who can just play an asshole really well. So, uh, Aaron, who did you go with for for Principal Vernon, Vice Principal Vernon? Yeah, so it circled back. Um, if you remember, I had I'd used Gary Cole previously, and that was one person I thought of for this role that I thought would would fit very well. And then my wife actually came out of left field in, on on this one, and I think it's a really good choice when we were talking about it. And uh, that's John C. McGinley. You know, pull pull him out of. He can play that jerk really well. Um, is a bit of a physical presence, you know, um, and could could play that uh, you know real a hole kind of character pretty well. Yeah, just have him do Doctor Cox, except yeah, if Doctor Cox was just like <laughs> if if Doctor Cox had zero redeeming qualities, right. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, I like John uh, John C. McGinley. That's a good pick. Um, Emily, who did you go with? Um, I picked Chris Parnell. Um, I was just trying to think of, like, adults that I'm like, who will be, like, kind of a dick but could make it maybe a little bit funnier? Um, and so I thought of him... Um, I don't know. I maybe it's like watching a lot of SNL in the last year and a half. I'm like, ah, oh, I should watch clips of this. Um, and also discovering Rick and Morty. I'm like, yeah, this will be great. So uh, that's really why I picked him. And he's on, he like is on other shows. Like he'll have like small parts. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like you can do this. That would be interesting because like I I would see him as like he could definitely play an asshole, but like maybe it's just because of growing up watching him on SNL, like I associate him with being like kind of goofy and lovable too. So if he could like play this role as someone, it would be different than Paul Gleason. Like he could play yeah. the role as someone who like he could still be a dick, but um it would there would be a scene like at the end where he'd be like at the end of the day, you could see that he actually like cares about the students which would be a change. I think that that would actually be, be really interesting. Um, as kind have, of a change from the original movie. I'd have a hard time just not seeing him as, uh, more cow doing more cowbell. Um, you know, because every time I see him, I, that comes into my brain, you know, the whole movie, that's what I'd be thinking. If I, every time I saw him, but, uh, no, I think he could do it. It's just, you know, one of those things where, that's so such an iconic skit they did on Saturday Night Live that it's hard to get around that sometimes. Also think of him as Dr. Spichiman, spelled Dr. Spaceman from 30 Rock. Yeah. Great, like, re recurring character on there. Um, I went with um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, in this role. Um, probably most popular from the walking dead, which is a show that I don't watch, but I know him from primarily from the Watchmen movie, um, as the comedian. And he was on weeds too, as a kind of recurring character, his character like died before the series starts, but he was, uh, 
the husband character to Mary Louise Parker's um, character, the main character. Um, but I think that he could bring like that dickish energy to the role um, and is significantly enough older than the rest of them too to like project authority. So I went with him. But that's uh, my wife approves of that. Um, my wife would leave me tomorrow for Jeffrey Dean Morgan. <laughs> that's like her thing. Um, but he was also, if you're old like me, he was Denny in Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. I mean, that show's been on for a long time. Yeah, when you go way back to the early seasons, he was. That's yeah. where he really came. Where most people got to know him from my age is that he was Denny on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, he 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 like died in one of those early seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I knew that. I didn't know that. So last one that I have, Carl Reed, Carl the janitor. Um, you know, he, he has that nice little line talking about how he like goes through everyone's stuff in the lockers. He like knows he's the eyes and ears of the school. Um, bit parties only in like two or three scenes, but like a funny guy, funny character. Kind of has a bite to him. So I went with uh, Randall Park for Carl. Um, I wanted someone funny again, also someone who had like an age difference difference from the students. Um, so yeah, I went with him. He's just a funny, uh, funny actor. And I think if he's in the role, you got to give him a couple more scenes. He's like, he's too good to only have in like two or three scenes. So I went with Randall Park. Um, Aaron, who did you go with? Yeah, I, I actually agree with that about, you know, I think you could do more with this character in, in an updated version, you know, give them a little more meat. Um, so with that in mind, um, I considered Patton Oswald always funny in some roles like that. Um, but ultimately I went a, a to another comedian, uh, actually, but I thought it would be really funny to see Neil Brennan, uh, playing a janitor right there. Cause he's got that snark and, uh, could really get some cutty burn type lines in and you could, you could have a lot of fun expanding that, that roll out a little bit with somebody like that. That's a good choice. Um, Neil Brennan, um, comedy writer, stand up comic, had a great podcast back in the day with Moshe Kasher, um, the champs, RIP to the champs. That was a great podcast. That was like the first podcast I started listening to consistently. Real funny dude. That's a good one. Um, Emily, who did you go with? I didn't think to cast this, so I'm going to steal yours. I really like. I like Randall Park. I was like, there wasn't to your point. There's not a lot of scenes, and I'm like, okay, eh, do I go with someone? But that Randall Park needs to be in more things. So I just like it because of that. Agree, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Shout out to Randall Park. Wish he had been in WandaVision more. He was good in WandaVision. Put him in, put him in more MCU stuff. Great Nat Man. Well, that's it. Fun exercise. I liked our I like our cast. So whoever owns the rights to Breakfast Club, whatever studio that is, hit us up. We just gave you free game. We gave you a free, free update. Put it on Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever. Again, whoever owns the IP, put it on there. Anyone have any final thoughts on the on the Breakfast Club? I uh, I liked this movie a lot less than I remembered liking it when I watched it again. Now, I'll be honest. So that made this hard. On top of 
having to find a bunch of young actors again for me, which was difficult. I mean, it's okay. It's fine. Don't tell my wife. She's not going to listen to this because she'll probably want to divorce me. Um, but I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, it's okay. I think it it's one of the movies, like I'm not a big fan of like remakes in general. I'm just like, uh, like just let it live. Like I, I love Top Gun. Should there be a new Top Gun movie coming out? No. Um, some movies they could use the remake. Like, do we need a fifth Indiana Jones? No. Do we need a remake of The Breakfast Club? Yeah, we can do so much with that. Like, zhuzh it up a little bit, make it where it's like, more enjoyable to watch which i feel terrible saying um not terrible enough to not say it though i'll put y'all on the spot who would you want to direct a remake oh that that's hard because like actors i know i don't i don't pay any attention to that i mean i know them okay. if i see them but you know, um, sure, Quentin Tarantino. No, <laughs> just, yeah, right. no. oh my god! <laughs> Do you want to go dark or something with it? Sure. In, in the shootout in the library. Uh, but no, uh, you know, actually, there's one person who I really like as a director and has made some really good movies as a director that um, is, I think is really smart and could probably do something really good with this, and that'd be John Favreau. Um, he's just. Uh, most of the things I've ever seen him direct and do um, have always turned out really good. That's good. Yeah, he's been, you know, probably most known for the Iron Man movies and um, now doing the Mandalorian. This is like super out of left field, I think. But going along, I mean, we mentioned Moonlight earlier. So like Barry Jenkins doing that, doing an update. I think that would be really dope. Um, he's never he's never really directed uh, anything kind of like this, but I mean he's he's directed. I mean Moonlight is a story of a it's a coming of age story in like the most basic sense. So I think if he could tackle like this part, you know, the high school adolescent part of life, I think he could do something really interesting and dope with it. So that's what I would say. I would probably go with a woman. Like immediately, I'm like, all right, who are women that I would think of? I thought of um, the woman that directed Lady Bird and Greta. Greta Gerwig. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Greta Gerwig, even though I, I didn't love Lady Bird and Little Women, like didn't do it for me, but both were like engaging movies. It wasn't that like anything was wrong with them. It's me. I like trash. I am a raccoon when it comes to pop culture. And so I was like, this is beautiful, but like, this isn't hidden. Um, but I do think that she would do this really well. Um, like I, I think about a lot of directors who are women. I'm like, Oh, they direct like very serious things. Like Chloe Zhao, she got an Oscar, but like that's, this isn't it for her. Um, or Mindy Kaling. So it, it would definitely be like a woman who I know would make something like funny and still could have like that very serious undertone. Mindy Kaling would be interesting. I think that'd be a good one. Um, I also want to remind people that John Favreau did Elf. People forget that. Sure. That's a good one. Elf. Good it's call. My favorite Christmas movie. Greta Gerwig was actually the first person that I thought of. 
Um, and then my mind went to Barry Jenkins. But yeah, I think I agree with Credit Girl could be good. And also uh, Mindy Kaling as well. I've never watched Never Have I Ever, but I feel like it might have some of the energy from that she could transfer into, yes. into this movie. Yeah, because it does, it never have I ever does have like a serious piece to it. Like this girl is dealing with her dad dying. Um, but she also like produced four weddings and a funeral, like the Hulu show. And like that also has like it's funny, it's fun, but there are still like serious themes in it. Um and so that's why I'm like, oh yeah, Mindy Kaling has been doing good stuff that is like fun to watch. And I'm not like, ah, when is this going to end? Well, this was fun, y'all. Thank you. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, please keep listening to Tailgate Society podcasts um, and keep an eye out for the future because we're going to keep, we're keeping, keeping the podcast train going. So thank you again. Thank you to Emily. Thank you to Aaron. Um, appreciate you, Aaron, for, for coming on with us. We, we really enjoyed having you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners will be glad that, that I'm going to be gone. Um, <laughs> and it'll be just back to y'all, but, uh, no, it's fun. I appreciate it. Um, you know, this ties in and I do want to mention it, um, to kind of how this came about to some extent as we decided to do this. And then we started a writing thing on the tailgate society, um, kicking back to, the box office number one from 20 years ago of whatever week we're in. Um, so this week, a new article I think was supposed to come out. I actually didn't even look today to see if it did drop, but I know he was done with it. Um, on K-Pax, if you remember that movie with Kevin Spacey, we're looking at potentially, uh, you know, recasting, bringing back these movies that were the box office number ones um, from 20 years ago. And so part of this, us doing this brought about that because it was an idea that came out of that. So I appreciate you guys. And hopefully you'll see a lot of that stuff, you know, original writing from various members of the tailgate society um, there on a pretty consistent basis. Cause every time a number one movie changed, we're going to have another article. Sometimes it's every week and sometimes it's every three weeks. I think the one Emily is doing soon is like held the number one spot for three weeks. It checks we'll, out. It's a we'll keep it a phenomenon. secret. We'll keep it a secret for which one it is because people will feel bad that it was 20 years ago. It doesn't feel like 20 years ago to me. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. Yeah, all right. So it sneaks up on you. It does. Keep an eye out for those. Keep an eye out for the articles coming out. Keep an eye out for the podcast. Listen to Bitter Units. Um, keep listening to the Culture Check. Keep listening to Sports and Corks. Keep doing the damn thing, y'all. Keep writing. Keep potting. And thank you, for, uh, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all.